Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary. And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good morning. Happy 8.30 Tuesday after being in Washington, D.C., Dr. Mary. Yes. Did you have a good trip? I did. It was fantastic. I had a good trip, too. I didn't. That was not to imply that you wouldn't have asked. I was just confirming that we both had a good trip. It was successful for you, too. (laughs) It was successful. It was a delightful time at our friend Ellen's house. Yes. We saw lots of monuments. We did. The weather was spectacular. We went to the um, African American Museum, which is indescribable. Yeah. So, really remarkable trip. And I got to host an in person Rediscover Your Spark retreat. So, it was all in all an excellent trip. And I didn't miss Daily Dose last week. Did you? <sighs> no. Did you miss Daily Dose, audience? I'm sure they hopefully did. <laughs> We were thinking of you. We were thinking of you. So I'm going to read to you a little bit today out of a book that I just finished. Um, It's funny. I read this section three times before it dawned on me that this could be an excellent topic for Daily Dose. So the book is called One Small Step Can Change Your Life, The Kaizen Way by Robert Maurer. Um, Really interesting, interesting book. Uh, and I perhaps am going to read a little bit more than I should because I can't quite figure out where to make the cut. So, <clears throat> stress or fear. While the modern medical name for the feeling produced by a new challenge or large goal is stress, for countless generations it went by the old familiar name of fear. Even now, I found that the most successful people are the ones who gaze at fear unblinkingly instead of relying on terms like anxiety, stress, or nervousness. They speak openly of being frightened by their responsibilities and challenges. Here's Jack Welch, the past CEO of General Electric. Everyone who is running something goes home at night and wrestles with the same fear. Am I going to be the one who blows this place up? And I will tell you, just as a side note, as a CEO, I think that often. Am I going to be the one for whom the success of this organization stops? I was puzzled why so many remarkable people preferred the word fear to stress or anxiety. The answer came to me one day while I was working at the UCLA School of Medicine, observing physicians in the course of their training. I was following one of our family practice resident physicians through the course of her day in the health center, seeing children and adults for the wide variety of maladies that bring people to the primary care physician. I noticed that when adults came to see a physician, they talked about their emotional pain and talked about their emotional pain, they chose words such as stress, anxiety, depression, nervous, and tense. But when I observed children talking about their feelings, they talked about being scared, sad, or afraid. It's my conclusion that the reason for the difference in word choice has less to do with the symptoms and more to do with expectations. The children assumed their feelings were normal. Children know they live in a world they cannot control. They have no say in whether their parents are in a good mood or bad, or whether their teachers are nice or mean. They understand that fear is a part of their lives. Adults, I believe, assume that if they are living correctly, they can control the events around them. 
when fear does appear, it seems all wrong. So adults prefer to call it by the names of psychiatric disease. Fear becomes a disorder, something to put in a box with a tidy label of stress or anxiety. This approach to fear is unproductive. If your expectation is that a well-run life should always be orderly, you are setting yourself up for panic and defeat. If you assume that a new job or relationship or health goal is supposed to be easy, you will feel angry and confused when fear arises and you'll do anything to make it disappear. We may not even be aware of the exaggerated desperate measures we take to get rid of fear. This common but counterproductive phenomenon is captured in a familiar joke. <clears throat> a drunk is on his hands and knees looking for his keys under a streetlight. A policeman approaches him and asks, what are you doing? The drunk replies in a slurred voice, I'm looking for my keys. The policeman further inquires, where did you drop them? The drunk says, over there, pointing to the end of the city block. The policeman scratches his head and says, if you dropped the keys over there, why are you looking for them over here? And the drunk replies, because the light is better over here. When life gets scary and difficult, we tend to look for solutions in places where it's easy or at least familiar to do so, and not in the dark, uncomfortable places where real solutions might lie. Um, I just wanna say, I really hate the word drunk. I don't mind it as a verb, as in she was drunk, I do not like it as a title for a human. I think it is pejorative and insulting and creates a um, uh, stereotype that is damaging to people. So I just want to well, note that. you something there. The term habitual drunkard is now, um, well, it's illegal in many, in many states. Yeah, I, I don't like that word. The federal government are slowly removing it from all of their forms. Yeah. All right. So setting that piece aside, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this idea of fear versus stress, anxiety, depression. And believe me when I say we are not... Uh, in the business of pretending to be therapists or medical professionals who um, are trying to help you rethink your diagnoses. It, it's just an interesting thing to think about. All right, I'm going to stop talking for a moment, drink some tea, and you're going to um, comment on anything that you'd like to, Dr. Mary. Oh, um, fear. Uh, well, it's scary to be stuck in a situation that you feel out of control with. I mean, do you see that as fear? Or can you do you have it in you to take a breath and say, Whoo, how do I get out of this one? Don't you think? Yes. Um, yes, I do think that. But I to me, the more interesting piece of what I just read is this idea of um fear is is basic and primal and part of the lived experience of humans through all time. I mean, it used to be that you had a fear of being caught and killed by a wild animal or a fear of getting a disease for which there was no cure. And I mean, both of those things can still happen today, but in much less regularity. So children just say, I'm afraid. Adults have figured out I think wrongly that fear is a weakness or fear is um, 
too big. So we compartmentalize it and we say, well, I have anxiety about this. I have depression about this. We've, we've taken it from a primal emotion and we've turned it into a disorder. Well, there's something, there's something more, more, more than even than that. I mean, you know, there's a phrase going, there's an old phrase that, you know, fear is meant to be conquered, which sounds very, um, like gung ho and heroic, mm, but mm -hmm. it, it just means with experience comes understanding and therefore your understanding of something reduces the fear. Okay. Do you think that that is true of addiction? I think it is. It's incredibly scary to be to be addicted to something. It's incredibly scary to, to own up to that fact. I mean, I would say scary. Sadly, some people stay scared. Other people's other people can work through in a logical step why they're scared and it becomes a manageable issue. I wouldn't say the issue goes away, but you learn how to manage it. And that's why it's a it's a disease. It's a chronic disease that you manage. Mm. I mean, that's mm. the entire that's definition of a chronic ailment. Mm -hmm. It's always there. It's managed. For example, as well as being uh, an alcoholic enjoying sobriety, which is a chronic ailment, I have an underactive thyroid. Also fun. But I take my thyroid tablet every morning. And complain about being cold. And most complain of the time. about being cold, but the rest of the symptoms have alleviated themselves. Um. Uh, yes. But okay. Mostly when I'm tired, I get I, I get colder when I'm tired. Stab it now. It's not a program about underactive thyroids. Interesting as that would be, wouldn't everyone want 368 episodes of that? A bit sluggish. It's a thyroid joke. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> when you were drinking. The most common phrase I heard from you was, I'm fed up, which yep. is not a medical term. But it never dawned on me, and I'm curious to know if this is true. You weren't fed up. You were afraid. Is that true? Probably. I mean, you have said, sorry, you have said that. I must have been, you know, I was fed up, but would I do anything about it? No, because I didn't want to, because I knew it would be too much work. Oh, I did want to. I was. I didn't know how to. Yeah, I mean, you have said that you were. You knew something was wrong. You didn't know how to address it. You weren't sure you deserved to address it, so you just kept going forward in the dark path because it seemed easier. Amazingly, it seemed easier to drink yourself to death. It was less scary, actually. It was less scary. Oh, we've got a comment. Let me put it up. I haven't read it yet. I think children can say they're afraid because, because just by virtue of being children, there is nothing they can do about their fear. Yes. Adults are expected to do something about their state of mind. So to say, I am afraid makes you look inactive. So you assign it to a word that can be treated, anxiety, depression, et cetera. Just my thoughts. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and this is from Jane. Most definitely there is fear and addiction. You've lost your control in all aspects of your life. I agree you manage this disease and by managing it, you gain your control and confidence back. Absolutely. Um, two important things to think about. I mean, you know, if I have a moment in my life where I start to, as my friend Nikki says, spiral right out of control, <laughs> which I can do. Yeah, we all can do that. Um, 
but some of us are more tightly wound and spiral, perhaps a bit faster than others. I can recognize that what's happening is I'm afraid of the moment or I'm frustrated or I'm angry, but anger is also not um, an emotion that we really allow adults to have. Most people are afraid of anger because it feels out of control. They're afraid to be angry. They're afraid to have anger come at them. I happen to believe there is value in managed anger. There's not value in out of control anger, but because I grew up in a household where my anger was often seen as um, uncomfortable because I have a very fast trigger I never really got to be angry. I always had to manage it. And so it lives inside of me. I mean, even as I'm talking about it, I can feel my stomach nodding up. And what's fascinating is that the same person who never really let me be angry also says to me on a somewhat regular basis, you know, unmanaged angst can cause cancer. Yeah, that's not me, by the way. So, you know, I think there's like, there's a place to have these primal emotions, to be angry, to be afraid, to be scared, to be um, unhappy or sad. But adults are told that those are maybe too basic. I have a, I have a theory that has no base whatsoever. I've got no evidence for this whatsoever. Shocking, considering what I do for a living. But I think—is it about plants? No. Oh, okay. I think a lot of people, people really are bad at giving advice to someone about this, and I think it's because any fear of anything, an irrational fear of something, or someone's spiraling because they can't get a grip on something which if they you know take everyone knows take a breath don't listen to anyone that tells you to calm down that does no good (laughs) they're afraid of it themselves and actually i'm going to use the word afraid people are afraid that's why Mm. this country is in such a bad bad situation with mental health we're all afraid of it We don't know how to deal with it. And not because we don't understand medicine or stress triggers or anything like that, because I think we are all afraid of suffering it ourselves. Mm. A lot of people think it's contagious. Some people think, you know, people think. People think mental health is contagious? Yes. In fact. Who thinks that? It's only about 100 years ago it was considered contagious. Yeah, but we know a lot more now. Yes, but fear. Okay. Of okay. the you know fear of not understand not understanding it makes you fear something. It can sure. But sometimes to understand something makes you more afraid of it because when it's peeled open and you see yeah. it, you think. Well, certainly in our case, I mean, we both I think lived in fear of really getting to the bottom of whatever it was that was wrong in our lives, in our marriage, in our house it was easier for you to be fed up and me to be angry and distant. Um, And it was scary to get to that moment where it suddenly became clear that, oh my gosh, we are dealing with a full blown level of alcoholism. That was scary. That's true. A lot of people are, um, I read this really interesting article and it was an editorial letter to nature. 
and they were on about you know phrases when you understand it was about teaching and teaching um higher level classes and it's you have to really be careful of your words um you can't say in a psychology class for example we're going to dissect this today we're going to dissect this argument or we're going to dissect this because dissection is when you take things apart to see what they are but the thing you're taking apart is actually dead so if you can't you, people don't say anymore we, we'll dissect your emotions on this because dissection means that oh th they're dissecting you which means that you are dead wow which actually if you really are in a having a bad day will make you feel even worse hmm. well i think i just i like this idea of what would happen if we all just decided to address what's real? And again, we are not saying anxiety, depression, um, clinical terminology and diagnosis. We are not arguing for the validity of those. But, but what if what's really at the root of where you struggle is fear, sadness, being afraid, being scared? And we've just told adults that they shouldn't be that because that's what children are and you're not a child. So be something else. I think, I think it's okay to, to try to honestly say what you are. Jane's got another thought. Ooh. I believe all emotions are valid and important. I grew up not being allowed to feel that way. This has carried through into my adult life. Only now do I recognize the importance of having to deal with a variety of emotions and I choose to stand up or eliminate this toxicity in my life. This has helped. That's fantastic. Mm. I guess the last thought is just, if you tell someone that you're afraid, I'm afraid I'm an alcoholic. I'm afraid my spouse is an alcoholic and they reject you. They're not the person for you. Um, if they support you, then what a gift that you have chosen to get honest and vulnerable and they have extended a hand to help. So it's something to think about. We'll be back on Thursday with a guest and uh, are looking forward to it. Yeah. Have a great week. See you Thursday. See you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L.com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.